Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within um, Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. Fika Nation, welcome back to another season. That's right, this is season two underway now of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, Mike the Mr. Agustinho. How has everyone's summer been going here in the Northern Hemisphere? Um, how is your winter going in the Southern Hemisphere? I know we've got listeners all over the world. Um, I'm very excited about Benfica getting off to another season. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, I know I promised you guys some episodes, and they're still going to come this summer before it's over, all right? Um, I owe everybody still an Ozebu episode, okay? So that's going to be at the top of my list of priorities. Um, I'm still going to get that out to you, all right? I'm still working on it, but I did want to get episode 20 in right now because preseason is in full swing. The boys are back at work, all right? Two preseason games under our belts already. One win, one loss. Um, Really nothing to be made of either match. Um, I think the preseason starts for real this Sunday, this coming Sunday in Santa Clara, California, when Benfica take on Chivas de Guadalajara at Levi's Stadium, all right? Benfica have touched down in the United States of America. Uh, Their flight from Lisbon landed in San Jose, on Monday, um, around around uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 9 p.m. in Portugal, roughly, um, they flew from Lisbon to San Jose with a brief stop for fuel in, of all places, Bangor, Maine. I didn't even know Bangor, Maine had an airport, um, but Befica stopped off there. But Befica now um, training at Stanford University, and at the time of recording, um, it, I have just read and it's been tweeted, Benfica holding an open training session to fans on Thursday, that is tomorrow, Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, obviously, at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. Um, Very exciting, very excited to have Benfica back here in the United States. Um, Cannot wait for next week when they make their way to the East Coast. Uh, So, uh, we haven't talked in a while, like I said, it's been tough, uh, 
The work life has just been absolutely a grind the last month. Uh, one of my jobs, we got a brand new department head, a new manager who has reorganized my entire department and I've had loads of work given to me, loads of new uh, tasks that I've been taking on, new projects. Um, I've been just super busy. My other job is just the shipping busy the shipping business right now is just absolutely uh booming um and we are severely understaffed at the united parcel services um that's the company i work for in the early morning hours so between both jobs i've really had absolutely no time to give you a good episode i have tried on a few friday nights to get an episode out to you but the energy levels have just been very low lately, uh, and I don't want to give a poor quality out there, okay, just in the name of quantity. It's quality over quantity always here on Mr. Befica. So, I do have a story I want to tell everybody, okay? So, um, last last Saturday, um, well, let's go back. Yeah, last Saturday I had plans of recording a podcast. Um, my parents... I've been in Portugal the last couple of weeks, okay, and I was scheduled to pick them up at Logan Airport on in Boston last Saturday night. They're supposed to touch down in Boston at 10:30 p.m. Okay, they flew from from Lisbon through Ponta Delgada to Boston. All right, and the idea was I was going to record a pod on the drive to the airport, on the drive to Logan Airport um, in Boston, about a 40-minute drive or so for me along Interstate 90 here in Massachusetts, but, um, (laughs) funny story, anybody who, um, travels to the Azores is going to be even more familiar with this airline, SATA, and I want to use this platform to tell everyone about SATA and what my parents (laughs) have dealt with with SATA this year, and this isn't anything new, it's been on local news here in the United States, it's been on RTP in Portugal, um, SATA's lack of, uh, how do I say this? Lack of delivering um, service, okay? An airline with tons of cancellations, tons of delays every summer, un- for whatever reason, unable to handle the demand of travel between the United States and Portugal, typically through Boston, okay? My parents got on a plane, okay, last Saturday morning, early morning in Lisbon, to fly to Ponta Delgada. Okay, my mother's from the Azores, but she has no family left there. Uh, my family that I have in Portugal is all in mainland Portugal, in the you know in in the area of Abidos, uh, College da Rainha, Peniche, in that area. That's where all my family is based. Um, my mother's family is all here in the United States. So. Um, they didn't go to her island, but they decided they were going to take a day and spend the day in Punta Delgada um, on the island of beautiful, beautiful island, San Miguel, okay? Um, an absolutely beautiful island, and they had decided that they were going to spend the day in San Miguel. Um, they saved some money on their trip that way, so they landed in the around lunchtime in Punta Delgada. Um, they took a taxi into the city and they you know they went sightseeing and from what I heard they had a great time um they get to the airport and my dad sends me a text message okay uh from his Portuguese cell phone uh he's got one here one there all right because I could see it was an international number it was a 011 number texting me but it's my dad saying plane is on time see you in Boston uh phone is dying battery is almost dead so I said okay cool 
Uh, I took a little nap, uh, knowing it, was, it could be a late night. So this is about 2 p.m. here in the United States, here in, in, in New England, in Boston. Um, I'm taking a, a little nap, and I wake up to three missed calls and a bunch of missed uh, text messages. My sister, all right, my sister down in Providence in Rhode Island texts me with the message, Call me ASAP. So I call my sister ASAP. Um... She tells me my parents' flight has been canceled. My parents' flight from Ponta Delgada to Boston canceled. Of course it was canceled. It's SATA. This is what they do. SATA cancels flights. All right? Um, so, of course, I, was, I tried texting my dad and his Portuguese uh, cell phone. It doesn't go through. Luckily, I get my, my phone starts ringing. My dad's using uh, the Facebook app on his, on his iPhone to call me. He's on Wi-Fi in the Ponta Delgada airport. He calls me and says, uh, yeah, he goes, um, we don't know when we're coming home. <laughs> uh, he goes, we, uh, we don't know when we're flying home. There's no hotels available in Punta Delgada. There's a feast this weekend. All the hotels are booked solid. So <laughs> he said, my parents ended up spending Saturday night in the airport in Ponta Delgada. They didn't even have an air. They didn't even have a hotel to go to, okay? So I reach out, I call them Sunday to find out if, if you know, if they found a flight for him to come home. And he says to me, nothing today. They've put us in a hotel and um, I got to call the airport back tomorrow. Great customer service, of course, from Sata telling you to call back tomorrow. Not saying, you know, not resolving and finding a flight for you. So... I'm thinking to myself, you know, my parents got to be at work on Monday. How, how are, how, that's not going to happen if you're flying home on Monday now. Anyway, Monday comes. I get another message from my dad. He goes, all right. He goes, they put us in a five-star hotel in Furnish, okay? Beautiful place in San Miguel, Furnish, right? My parents are in a five-star hotel. He goes, Wednesday, this is when, I think he's telling me Wednesday he's coming home. But he says, nope. Wednesday, we're flying, Sata's flying us back to Lisbon, okay? They've already crossed halfway across the ocean. They've gone back to Lisboa, okay? And then back to our aldea, back to Oeste, where, where our, our home is in Portugal. My parents are flying home this weekend, this coming Sunday. They got an extra week out of this vacation. Um, I don't know how their employers are going to feel about that when they get back, but... Just a little story about Sata Air to Soldier, Azores, Azores Airlines. And, um, you know, I had a friend once who uh, tried to go to Santa Maria. And I think Sata flew him to every single island in the Azores before they got him to Santa Maria. And I think he, it was almost time to come home when he finally got there. Um, I know it was a short trip. I think he went for a week and he left on, on a Friday or something. And it wasn't until like Wednesday that he finally got to Santa Maria. Uh, just in time to come home, and this is this is a yearly thing with Sata. So, let me use this platform to say, do not, do not, fly through Sata. When traveling to Portugal, avoid Sata. That's all I have to say. Fly top. You know what? Fly, fly. Iberia through Madrid if you're going to mainland Portugal. I've done that. I actually enjoy that way. Um, there's plenty of connecting flights. Do not fall for the Sata trap. You will regret it. All right. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna go into everything that we have missed uh, in the last four and a half weeks since we've had a pod. Okay. Uh, we've got some things to talk about. We got some women's football to talk about. We've got some 
futsal, men's futsal, women's futsal. We got some basketball, and then we're going to get into preseason and what we've seen so far from the 2019-20 Sport Lisboa e Benfica. Stay right there. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And this is Mr. Benfica. We will be right back here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carrega sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que eu não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Welcome back to episode 20 of Mr. Benfica, the official kickoff of season 2 of Mr. Benfica here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. All right, while we were away, here is what has gone down in Benfica Nation over the course of this summer. We're going to go back about a month or so. Um, first things first, we're going to close the door on 2018 and 19. The, the women's team, the women's football team, won the Division II national title uh, earlier this summer, beating... Braga B, 9-0 on aggregate over a two-legged final. The ladies obviously now are promoted to the first division, the Liga BPE. And um, some news coming out of that. They did renew the contract with top goal scorer Darlene. The Brazil international has re-signed for another season at Benfica. She's also the team captain. Not returning, however, and this is this is sad for me will be manager João Marques as he has left the club and he has become manager at Famalicão, if I'm not mistaken. He is going to be managing the women's team at Famalicão. Um, very, I, I don't understand 
necessarily why this change was made, if it was his decision or the club's decision. Um, now I understand why he got so emotional in that press conference when he was asked about next season. And uh, maybe the plan all along was for him to just guide the team to the first division. Um, from the games I saw, he was very much loved by his players. Uh, he had a bond with all of the, the ladies. Um, I'm very sad to see him go. I thought he was a fantastic manager and seems like a very class act of a man. Um, what I really appreciated about him was, uh, he took the time. I sent them a, a message on Instagram, uh, you know, congratulating him on the, on the, cha on the winning the, the Taça de Portugal, the Portuguese Cup. And he took the time to respond. Like, not many people in this situation take the time to respond. And I think I've, I've been even more endeared to the women's team because their players res have responded to comments and to messages and to well wishes. And they'll, re you know, they'll like posts that, that you put up tagging them in and things like that. Whether it's Darlene Jace, whether it's, uh, you know, Andrea, and, um, Andrea Faria, well, whoever the you know the goalkeeper, um, Dani Newhouse or Tita, all the different players in the team, you know, Evi Pereira, they, they just seem reachable. Where obviously the men's players don't seem that way, and um, it's very hard to get a retweet. Although, um, big shout out to Alex over Big Pika after ninety. Uh, got a retweet for his daughter's birthday earlier this week, by the way. Happy birthday, Layla. All right, happy birthday from the mister. Um, and the boys at Benfica gave you a, a, a birthday present last Sunday with eight goals on Academica. We'll get to that a little later, but I wanted to give that shout-out while I had the opportunity. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, João Marques really, really looked like a very good manager, and I am disappointed he won't be leading our ladies team in the first division this year as we try to, um, we start off right off the bat in a Super Cup game, a Super Tassa rematch against Sporting Braga, the team we eliminated in the semifinals of the Women's Portuguese Cup um, last year. First season in the first division, obviously they're wearing the Benfica badge, they're expected to compete for the title. I'm hoping to see them win the title. Really, really wish that João Marques had been would be leading the team into that season. He um, will not be. No word yet that I've seen as to who his replacement will be. But uh, hopefully they will continue the work that he started and the team will continue on. Also, the women's U19 won the national champion as well and staying on women's the women's U15s won the national cup. So Benfica won some titles there also. Men's futsal won the Liga Sports Zone in the finals. This was this was exciting. Beating Sporting 3 games to 2 in the final in the championship series. The final game, game 5 at our pavilion, okay? came down to the very last second. I mean, uh, with 3 seconds left, Sporting hit the post on a set play and um, really, really dramatic series. Uh, big, big congratulations to Coach Joel Hasha and to Benfica's men's futsal team. They beat the European champions 
in the final to win the Portuguese championship. Obviously looking to build on that this upcoming season, hopefully in the Champions League of men's futsal. I want to see Benfica there at the end in the elite in the final four. Okay, hopefully um, we'll, we'll get back to that level. Also, the Juvenige won the championship for the second year in a row, the national championship, the B Campionat for the Juvenige. Um, basketball lost in the LPB finals, three games to one to Oliveirense. Oliveirense wins their back-to-back title. They're the B Campeão now in Portugal. Uh, with that said, um, Benfica today announced Betinho Gomes is retur- returning to Benfica's basketball team. Betinho was a Benfica player at one time, a long time ago, um, was an NBA prospect at one time, may have played in the NBA. I'm not entirely um, certain whether he made an NBA roster or not, but was definitely in the picture to play in the NBA at one time or another. Has played in top European leagues, 34 years old now, returning home to Benfica. Um, Benfica will make a concerted effort this year to regain the basketball championship. It'll be the Reconquista for basketball this year. Um, women's futsal, I don't want to leave them out, won the three treble, if you will. They were, for the third year in a row, they won the treble. Absolute dominance by Benfica's women's futsal team the last three seasons. Um, the first team, like we said, returned to camp last week. Um, there, Some players have left. A lot have stayed. Some new guys have come in. Let's go over that really quickly. First, we have the newest, uh, the latest renewals, excuse me. And there we have here Andrea Almeida, Florentino, and David Tavares, all re signed and all now signed until 2024. Um, some new signings have come in also. Yonder Cadiz has come in from Stubal. The Venezuelan player Chiquinho has come in from Morirens. Raul de Tomaj, big signing, goes by the name of RDT. He's got RDT on his on his jersey. He's come in for 20 million euros from Real Madrid. Spent last season on loan at Rayo Vallecano. Um, scored 14 goals in the Spanish league on the Spanish league's worst team. I think that's that's an accomplishment. Um, also coming in has been. Caio Lucas. Okay, Caio is a Brazilian player. Benfica signed him from Al Akli of the uh, UAE's football championship. The the I think they're in the Persian Gulf League, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but he uh, he demonstrated his ability last year in the FIFA Club World Cup. Benfica, good job of scouting. Um, from what we've seen so far from him in the two games looks very raw but I think there could be there's some untapped talent there and um, it's definitely a player I think if given time can develop into a definite um, strong player there the potential is there we'll see if he can adapt to the European game to the Portuguese league now he's gonna need more time to adapt I believe because he not only has he never played in Europe before, he never even played top level football in his native Brazil. Okay, he came out of Japan. I believe it, it looks like he went to high school in Japan if you look at his Wikipedia page. So perhaps he moved to Japan as a young kid. He came up through the Kashima, uh, Kashima Antlers, uh, ranks, debuted as a professional for Kashima Antlers. Uh, then went to the UAE to play for Alakli, and um, 
now joins Benfica this year on a free, if I'm not mistaken. He came on a free transfer. Nothing to lose there. They did give him the number 7 jersey, which I thought was going to go to either Rafa or Jota, but it looks like uh, it went to the new signing. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what what goes on with him um, and what he develops into. Uh, aside from that, we also had... Um, some players leaving. This this is where it gets a little sad. Obviously, um, we said goodbye to João Felix a couple weeks ago, but what a deal for Portugal! What a bit on the business side. One hundred and twenty six million euros to Atlético Madrid um, up front. I mean, they paid the exit clause. That money all came in at once. Uh, what a what a sign! What a sale! I mean. Um, I can't believe somebody put up that kind of money for for a 19-year-old. He's good, and we'll miss him, but um, it's it's an opportunity for somebody else to step in, for somebody else to step up. And some players have looked very, very hungry at this point. Okay, So we may see someone move into that position. Um, also, very I emotional about this one because a, a week ago or so, um, in the jogo da apresentação, os sócios, 56,000 people packed into Estádio de Luz to say goodbye to Jonas, okay? Jonas Pistolas played his final 10 minutes and 10 seconds on the 10th day of July, um, wearing the number 10 one last time for Benfica. And I'm not going to lie... Uh, I got a little, I got a little teary-eyed watching it. I honestly thought he had hurt himself. To be honest, there was one play where he was looking for the penalty kick. Um, he collided with, I believe it was Josué, if I'm not mistaken, the Portuguese center back for Enderlecht. Okay, in that game with Enderlecht, um, the whole team was playing for him for those first ten minutes. They were trying to get him a shot on goal, trying to get him a goal. I thought he had hurt himself, and I, I was imagining the worst right off the bat. Imagine a player being carted off in his own testimonial um that didn't happen he left the field with the biggest of smiles in what was a poetic uh moment a passing of the torch if you will i hope it's a passing of the torch because the kid that came in for him shows so much potential and just so much ability um he was subbed off for tiago dantish all right and it, it looked like pai filho like father and son um they, the joke was that he was he was João Felix's papai last year on the team. And João Felix, in his Instagram post, um, he, he you know, said some really nice words about Jonas and at the end said something along the lines of Obrigado, papai. And um, he really is the father figure on the team. And I am concerned as to, as to how the locker room Makeup is changed with a guy like Jonas leaving. Um, we've seen we've seen three absolute titans of the locker room leave in the past few seasons. We've seen Julius Cesar, Luizão, and now Jonas leave this locker room. And uh, such a tight knit, strong locker room leadership has left. I'm looking forward to seeing some guys step into that leadership role this season. Um, Samadi Josh obviously sticking around. I think he's the leader of the locker room right now, along with, obviously, uh, Jardel and Andre Almeida, who are the captains. Um, but, man, seeing Stolaj leave. I mean, the, the smile on his face was was priceless. Um, 
the joke was that if if Jean Felix's son, it was a Ineto, grandfather and grandson when he was bringing in Tiago Dantes. Tiago Dantes looks like a kid on the field. I mean, so much talent, but he looked he looked about fourteen years old when he stepped on the field. But so much potential for that kid. Um, and then Benfica got going after that. Uh, not a good first half, but it was hard. The pitch was almost unplayable. Um, don't worry. I know people have complained and commented on this status of the pitch at Stadio de Luz. In a month's time, when we play our first home game, okay, on August the 11th, that pitch will look pristine. Okay, those roots need to grow. Those of us here, especially in the United States, I know we, we like to have yards or gardens, as they say in the rest of the English-speaking world, with with, with nice lawns and nice, uh, nice grass. We know if you roll out sod, Okay, if you roll it on, it takes time for the roots to grow. The roots don't just automatically start growing into the ground. Until those roots grow, the grass loses a little bit of color. It, it will come back. That grass is going to look great when the season starts. Um, and Benfica has said as much. Um, so, those two were two big departures. Okay, Jonas, João Felix. It's a lot of goals that walked out the door. Okay, a lot of goals went out the door. The in the first week, if you will, of preseason, or in the first two weeks. As of today, I believe it's now official, Salviu has joined Boca Juniors. Befica have managed to collect a bit of a transfer fee for him. I think that's great business. Um, unfortunately, Salviu was not, has not been at his best for some time now. Um, injury after injury. Really, really... Uh, Hurt what would have been, I think, a world-class player. There was a time, remember, where we I, we thought we were going to sell him. He, every team in the world was looking at him, and he broke his arm on the last day of the season. And I think that arm break um, that season kept him at Benfica some extra time because I think he would have been on the move that summer. Um, best of wishes, of course, to Salvio at Boca Juniors and his returning to his native Argentina. Um, he's not that old, guys. He's not that old. I think he's 29 years old. He's not as old as he seems. He's got a lot of wear and tear because of the injuries, but he's not that old. Um, looking forward to seeing if he can reinvent his career, give it a, a, a jump start, if you will, in his native Argentina, in Boca Juniors. Okay, Boca got a big round of 16 Copa Libertadores matchup with Athletic Atletico. Paranaense from Brazil. Okay, they're going to play, um, I think, next week. So the, I'll be looking forward. They're saying that he may debut in the Copa Libertadores. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we saw today, I also heard, and it seems to be, that Benfica are going to be bringing in this Italian goalkeeper, Perin. All right, um... Not sure how I feel about that. I, I, um, I came to really like Odie last season. Um, if this guy's a better goalkeeper than Odie, then obviously it's a good signing. But I think we're spending quite a bit of money on on a goalkeeper. Um, it appears that the club don't have the confidence in Odie at the European level. That's my assumption. Um, and Perin has gone on the record saying that Bruno Lage and Luis Felipe Vieira and Rui Costa all worked very hard to convince him to come to Benfica. So it sounds like they wanted an upgrade there. Um, I feel for Odie. I think he, he was quality last year. 
Aside from one bad goal, he gave up one bad goal against Bolinas. That's really all you can blame him for. Um, he had some trouble with crosses, but but uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll he'll fight for that position, and maybe we'll have a goalkeeping battle, and we'll have two great goalkeepers instead of one. Uh, it sounds like Spilar is on his way back to Belgium, either to Anderlecht to to Standard Liège or to his uh, hometown Antwerp. Uh, we'll see where, where he ends up. Um, Slobin is also a talented goalkeeper. We'll see. Uh, but if we're bringing in a 12 million euro goalkeeper from Italy, who was a backup at Juventus, he was he had been slated as the heir apparent to Jean-Louis Buffon. I believe he had some injuries, which, which hurt his ability to uh, win that position last year at Juventus. And um, he's looking to re and recreate. He's looking to jumpstart his career, if you will, give it a boost in Portugal with Benfica. Um, great, you know we're going to the Champions League. We have to do better in the Champions League than we did last year. So if if that's what it takes, if it takes an upgrade at goalkeeper, I trust that Rui Costa and Brunelage, and less so. Luis Felipe Vieira, they know what they're doing and they know that they needed to upgrade there. Um, also, Yuri Ribeiro has gone to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Krovinovic has gone on loan to West Bromwich Albion, both in the English uh, Championship, not the Premiership, the Championship, but very good loan deals, or I I shouldn't say loan deals because Yuri Ribeiro went on a permanent move. A um, few other players have been loaned out. Um, we'll see. Yonder Kadish has already picked up a knock. He's been injured, as has David Tavares. Um, both of them picking up injuries in the Enderlecht match. Um, first day of training, like I said, uh, it's it's really... This is when I miss coaching. Uh, when I see video of the first training session and that first day, just everybody's got such a spring in their step. You're so ready to go. You know, you've had your three to six weeks off and you're just ready to get to work and to do what you do, which is to play football. And I can only imagine, you know, Bruno Lage being the, the training manager, the training coach he is, you know, the trainer. Um... I can only imagine what the two-a-days with Bruno Lage must be like. It must be phenomenal. Um, you know, the Chiquinho said in the post-game interview, in the flash interview after the Yenderlecht match, that, you know, the players are still adapting to the mister and that, you know, um, he there's going to be an adaptation period. But they on Sunday, they looked like there's already some adaptation going on. I mean, the rhythm is there. The speed is picking up. Of course, in the first match, we're not going to break down the matches here because, uh, for example, in the Anderlecht match, 30 different players played. There's really nothing to break down. What I did notice, though, that kid from Anderlecht, man, uh, Jeremy Doku, if I'm not mistaken, was his name, 17 years old. Uh, this was Anderlecht's fifth match of the preseason, so keep that in mind. Uh, new manager, Vincent Company, that's right, the world-class defender who uh, became an icon at Manchester City. Belgium international player manager now at Anderlecht. Uh, I don't think he's done any playing yet this preseason. But uh, he has his team playing some good football. They were sixth in 
in the Belgian league last year. I think you can expect them to compete for the title this year just on the performance they put on against Benfica. Yes, they're further along in their in their preseason. They're further along in their uh, preparation. So uh, some of that is why they had so much success against Benfica. But Jeremy Doku, 17-year-old Belgium, Belgian, excuse me, was just a handful on the left side for Benfica. Grimaldo was not ready to play at that speed yet, and no one can blame him. It was the first game of the preseason. You know, he's not match fit, obviously. I mean, they had had two-a-days for ten days, and... Uh, oh, excuse me, they had had ten training sessions. I shouldn't say they had two-a-days for ten days. I don't believe that was the case. I believe they had ten training sessions. And, um, you know, Doku brings this pace that... Uh, you know, Grimaldo just wasn't ready to defend at that speed yet. Understandable, but uh, he really was the man of the match in that game. That's a player I'm going to be looking out for, uh, seeing how he progresses, seeing how that player develops. But um, for Benfica, the one guy I'm really impressed with so far, the left-back Nuno Tavares. Okay, not David Tavares, the midfielder, the left-back Nuno Tavares. All right, he came on for Grimaldo, had the assist to Chiquinho in that uh, end-of-elect match. Um, of the new signings, Chiquinho looks ready to go. I think he's going to fight for a starting spot. Uh, Jota is not a new signing, but he's looked good in this preseason. Um, he looks determined. He wants to win a spot in the team. He wants to get into the eleven. The, that João Felix position is open right now. You know, the Felix slash Jonas position is open. It's between Jota, in my opinion. Um, it's between Chiquinho and RDT for that position. Uh, RDT, you can see his class right off the bat. Um, just in the first game, in the first ball he received, the way he turned so quickly and just took the ball towards goal, you could see the ability there, even if... The uh, synchron synchronizations are not there yet. The synchronicities with his teammates, you know, he's still figuring it out. There's probably a bit of a language barrier there. Um, you know, coming from Spain, Spaniards are not known for adapting to to foreign languages very quickly. Even Portuguese, they find difficult to understand. So I'm sure there's a bit of a disconnect there. Um, I could see him partnering with some with with uh, Seferovic. Seferovic picked up his first goal. Against Academica in that eight nothing win earlier uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday, um, there's a lot of combinations they can make up there. Uh, you could see Rafa can also occupy that that supporting forward spot if Bruno Lage decides so, and Jota can play in Rafa's position. There's a lot of options. I'm really going to be interested to see over these next three matches in this preseason. There's three matches left. There's not much there. It's a week's worth of matches. Sunday versus Chivas, a week from today, actually, a week from tonight, uh, Fiorentina at Red Bull Arena, and then that following Sunday against AC Milan, here in my backyard at Gillette Stadium here in, in, in Foxborough, Massachusetts, right up the road. Uh, we'll see. After that, they get the Supertasa the very next weekend against Sporting. Um, obviously, Bruno Lage wants to have his team ready to play in that Supertasa game. That's a cup game. Um, that's a game to, uh, you know, some say it's a preseason game. Some say it's a, it, it's a real game. I want to see Benfica go after it, obviously. I want to see us accumulate as many trophies as possible, especially right now with a good team like we've had the past five, six years. We want to see us accumulating 
trophies. You don't have, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year runs like we've had too often. So I want to see Benfica take every advantage, not take any more competitions for granted the way they did last year, taking the domestic and um, your the domestic cups and the European Euro uh, Europa League for granted the way they did last year. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Sunday. Now the game is going to be Sunday. It's at it's going to be an eight o'clock p.m. kickoff in Portugal, which is a five p.m. Sorry, a 3 p.m. kickoff here on the east coast of the United States. So it's a noon kickoff um, local time in Santa Clara, California. Uh, shout out to all the Benfiquistas out there in California. We got to get into that stadium, be heard, all right? Um, hopefully we'll, we'll have a nice big crowd at the open training session Thursday morning, tomorrow morning, all right? Um like I said, this is going to be a short podcast tonight, but um, hopefully everything is 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 flying on all cylinders Sunday. Chivas are not a team. Listen, they're not one of the top Mexican teams. They're one of the most supported Mexican teams. One of the two big clubs, but their football, their their form on the pitch has not been there. Um, they're they are much further along in their preseason. However, as their regular season starts immediately, they um, play tonight. Against against um, Fiorentina, and then they're going to play Benfica this weekend, and I think a midweek game, and then the next weekend they're into the Liga MX season. All right, but they have struggled the last two, three competitions in Mexico. Okay, they've not been in the playoffs the last couple of tournaments, and um, ever since winning the title under Matias Almeida a few seasons back, I would say it was Apertura two thousand and eighteen. I think is when they, that would have been a year ago, so it was further back. It was, it was Apertura 2017 was their last championship, um, which led them to winning the CONCACAF Champions League a year ago under under Matias Almeida. But um, Benfica should be able to take care of business in this match. The only thing that could affect is it's going to be hot. It's hot here in North America. Um, a bit drier on the West Coast. Okay, when they get out here in the East, they're gonna find humidity unlike anything they experience in Portugal. But I think that's good. That gets them to build some some spirit. Gets them to build some team unity as um, they work together. You know, to get through this preseason. And there's good leaders on that team. I think I think the team's gonna be well well looked after. Uh, obviously, um, top notch you know, facilities and conditions uh, for training here in North America. That's why these teams come here between the money that's going to be made playing in these matches, the exposure, and, of course, the training facilities are second to none here in North America. There's no question. Not that the Seychelles is not world-class. It is, but I don't think they're going to see a drop-off when they get to Stanford. And I'm going to assume here on the East Coast they're going to train at Rutgers. That's where they trained last year. Um, so I'm going to assume that's where they're training. I could be wrong. But typically, I think they, they train at Rutgers University down there in New Jersey. Um, but, you know, Sunday should be interesting. Um, I will try to get another podcast done between uh, the two, between the Chivas match and the Fiorentina match. My plan right now is to make the road trip to Harrison, New Jersey next week, next Wednesday, to see the match in person against uh, Fiorentina. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can make that happen or not. Um, there's a few things 
personal and professional I need to move around in order to make that happen. My hope is that I'm going to be there. Um, try to get a podcast in between those games, even if it's on the drive down to New Jersey. We'll see. Um, also, I'll try to get another one in between the Fiorentina match and the AC Milan match. And we'll be right into our season. And like I said, I owe you guys still a Benfica, po- a Benfica podcast relating completely to Ozebu to those two videos that I post, I tweeted links for. I will do that again. Okay, I've watched the videos. I need to watch them again. It's been so long. Ever so many things came up. I will get that to you. And I'm also going to be starting a new series. Okay, um, an occasional series. And I'm going to dip my toe into the water of recording in Portuguese for the first time. And it's not going to be Benfica related per se, but it's 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 sort of related to Benfica history in that um, I've decided I'm going to call the podcast Jota Jota Carioca, which um, it's going to be, I'm going to be accompanying JJ's uh, first season in the Brasileiro. Okay, I watched him, I watched Flamengo play last week. Um, I followed the game, you know, on the on the social media and on the apps over the weekend. The six one win over Goiás in the in his debut in the Brasileiro in the Maracanã. They got a big game tonight in about an, in about twenty minutes or so. I'm looking to get home to see. Um, they're gonna play the second leg of the Copa do Brasil against Atlético Paranaense. Okay, round of sixteen. Uh, or quarterfinals, actually. Uh, I'm interested to see that. So um, when I have some free time, I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to put it on the PTV Soccer Network, and I think I'm also going to post it within the within the feed of Mr. Benfica, even though George Azuz is long gone as a Benfica coach. Uh, I'm going to interconnect it because he, he, he's a former Benfica manager, and I, this is a real interesting... I think this is going to be a real interesting uh, drama that's going to play out down there in Brazil of... Uh, of uh, JJ managing in Brazil. Um, so far, he's got his team going like he has, like he did with Benfica, like he did with Sporting. We'll see where this goes. Uh, it's a long season in Brazil, not time-wise, but match-wise. 28 rounds to go in the Brazilian League, or 27 rounds to go now in the Brasileiro. Okay, and they're going to do it all by the beginning of December. So uh, it'll be exciting. So And I've been wanting to record in Portuguese or to give it a shot so that's going to be my, my go at um, recording in Portuguese. And uh, I'll have obviously posted here on this feed, like I said. And I'll post links on Twitter and on Instagram and whatnot. Um, you'll be able to find it. Again, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. Okay. On Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. You can find me there. That's going to be it for this week. Like I said, there's nothing really to review on on those first two matches. Um, Benfica won the the Hospital de Luz Cup or the Tasa Hospital de Luz. Found it a little bit ridiculous that there was confetti for, for a two-team preseason tournament where one team's in the second division, but it is what it is. Um, occurrences in the crowd. Let me hit on that first. Um, I echoed the sentiments of Bruno Lage. Um there's no place for violence in this sport. There's no place for violence in the crowds. Um, I don't understand. I agree with the guys from Benfica FM. I don't understand why Benfica is still playing preseason games in Portugal against Portuguese teams on the road. They're going to these stadiums, billing them, bringing money to these teams. And these teams' fans are, are insulting the players. They're starting fights with, with our fans. Um, completely 
ungrateful and completely disrespecting Benfica in every way. I think Benfica should just stick to playing in the ICC, should bring in foreign teams to play them, or should go abroad to play foreign teams. I don't think Benfica... Last year it happened against Stubal. They're insulting Benfica all game. Um, there's no need to help these teams at this point. I really don't feel sorry for any of these Portuguese small teams with their small mentality and the way that they operate and with their rules of not allowing Benfica, Benfica swag in the stadium, you know, not allowing uh, Benfica tickets, uh, quadrupling ticket prices when Benfica comes to town, all of that. If they're going to do all that. Why is Benfica lifting a hand to help them? That's just where I stand on it. Um, but that's going to be it for this week, all right? Um, so I'll catch you in a couple days. Uh, stay tuned to the feed to see the next uh, the next podcast being released. And also keep an eye out for JJ Carioca. Okay, that's going to be the name of the JJ podcast where I'm going to I'm going to break I am going to cover if you will JJ's maiden season in Brazilian football. That's it for this week everybody. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple days. Força Benfica, carrega Benfica. Damo 38. Bye everybody.